Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and this is Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed. My faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. It's amazing what feeding on the anointed word does to you. Your insides just come alive. They just open up like a flower to the sun. And what seemed impossible to you as your faith is fed, it begins to seem entirely within reach. And, uh, you know, you, you, instead of just being depressed and discouraged and despondent and defeated, you actually begin to be hopeful and expectant and victorious. And that's because of God's life working through you by His Word, by His Spirit. Get your Bible. Something to make a note with. Come on into the classroom with us. We've saved you a place right here in the front where I can, I can see you real close and look in the whites of your eyes and see if you're getting all this or not. Come on in and let's pray and believe God uh, for exactly what he would give us today. Father, thank you so much for loving us, for choosing us, helping us. We know that no natural father or mother ever loved their child more than you love us. All of that love came from you, and we believe it. We believe the love that you have for us, and we receive it. We receive it in the form of your help today. We ask for it, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Would you look, please, in our great textbook, the Bible, to two openings here, Matthew 8, and uh, Luke 7, we've been studying case by case the uh, individual accounts of healing in the ministry of Jesus that you see in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And we're down to number six in our study, the healing of the centurion's servant. So let's begin in, um, uh, like we said, Matthew and we see that there was the healing in the beginning part of this chapter of the leper where he came and said, Lord, I know uh, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus said, I will. I will. Be clean. We never saw any cases out of all the thousands of people that Jesus ministered to where he ever told anyone it wasn't God's will for them to be healed. In order for something to be scriptural, you need scripture for it. So if you're going to believe that, well, sometimes it's his will and sometimes it's not his will. And, and the, re, the, the reason people believe that is because they're just going by what they see. This one got healed. This one didn't. So the one that got healed, it must have been his will. The one that didn't, it obviously wasn't his will. No, no, you don't ascertain the will of God by looking at what happens. No, all kind of things are happening on this planet that are not the will of God. There, there's somebody besides God at work, the devil, 
the thief, Jesus said, the thief, when he comes, he comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. That's not God. You know, it's so sad that you got people that, that they've had devastations in their life and they're mad at God, blaming it on God. That is so foolish. And it's so destructive because you're staying away from your help. You're mad at your salvation. He's the way out. He's not the one that, that hurt you. He's not the one that stole from you. He's not the one that killed something in your life. Don't believe it. Don't believe it. God's a good God. I said he's a good God. He, he's a good father. And he does good things. And he said, I will to the leper. We see just a few verses later, he said, I will. When this centurion asked him about healing his servant. In verse 5, when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came to him a centurion beseeching him. Now a centurion was an officer that was over, depending on who you read after, the word means uh, 100. The word that's translated centurion means, you know, authority or ruler over 100. And so he was, he's an officer. And he, he said that he had a servant who was sick. And if you look at other, uh, we'll see Luke's account of this in a, in, a, in a bit. It talks about him being perhaps a boy or younger, but a servant. Um, now this was a common thing through most of history that there were people who were slaves and servants. And thank God, in, in much of the world, that, that's been changed. But here we also see in, in, the, in the word of, uh, that Luke wrote that this centurion, this, excuse me, I'm not saying it right, the servant of this man was dear to him. So it's obvious he's not just treating this boy or man like property. He said he's dear to him. Well, why is he here trying to get help for him, right, from Jesus. He said, uh, Lord, my servant lies at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. The Living Bible said, he's in bed paralyzed and racked with pain. The Weist translation says, he's bedridden, a paralytic, constantly tormented. And the 20th century says, suffering terribly. So he's bedfast, he's paralyzed, he's in excruciating pain. And if you look at Luke's account, as we'll see, he's at death's door. He's at the point of dying. You'll see there is torment. See that, that phrase, grievously tormented? There's torment in sickness, isn't there? Torment. Um, I've, I've been able to minister uh, in the area of healing for decades now. And I have seen the, the pain, not only physically, but emotionally and mentally. I've seen the pain of parents who had a sick child 
you talk about grievously tormented. I've seen uh, a spouse where their, their wife or their husband is, is sick and dying or rendered immobile or whatever. And I've seen not only what that's doing to the person with the problem in their body, but the person uh, who loves them and the, person, the persons around them. You know, uh, in the New Testament, in the epistles, Paul talked about a man named Epaphroditus whom uh, the church had sent to minister to him. And he said that he had been sick, but that God had mercy on him. And not on him, he said, but on us also. You know, when God heals somebody you love, he had mercy on you too. Can you see that? He blessed you, right? Uh, and you, you see this with parents. You see this with spouses and friends. A lot of times they would say, Oh man, if I could take that on myself and, and set my baby free. Well, you don't have to. Jesus felt the same way. Come on, are you listening? Jesus felt exactly the same way and he did take it on him. Did he? He took it on himself. The scripture says he took our infirmities. He bore, he carried our sicknesses and our pains, and by His stripes we are healed. Now you'll hear people say, well, if that's so, then you'd be healed. Yeah, and if He bore your sins, everybody would be saved, right? Wrong. No. Even though it's bought and paid for and given, it must be believed and it must be received. And you do that with your faith. Hallelujah. Anybody in here believe Jesus took your infirmities and he bore your sicknesses and he carried your pains and by his stripes you are healed. Can you say amen? Can you say yes? Yes. So be it. I believe it. But you'll see that sickness cannot be of God. Because it has torment. Torment. He said, my, my servant, grievously vexed and tormented. Vexed. And you know it. I mean, all of us have had a taste of some kind of sickness. If it was just sniffles or a cold or flu symptoms or stomach ache or nausea. I mean, we live down here. But it gets a lot worse. I mean, how can a stinking disease that destroys organs, that twists body parts and a body until it's decaying while it's breathing and it no longer resembles the beautiful thing God created, how can that be the will of God? How can that be something that pleases God? This disfigurement, this defacing, this destruction of His beautiful creation. And yet you got people saying that somehow it's the mysterious will of God. No way, no how. Y'all with me, class? No way, no way, no way. In the beginning... 
God made it the way he wanted it. Huh? Back in the book of Genesis. He made the heavens and the earth. He made the sky and the seas, the grass, the animals. He made man. Made Adam and Eve. He looked at everything that he had made. Anybody remember what he said? He said, behold, it is good. This is good. And that is good. That is good. Then he looked at it all and he said, behold, it's very good. Can you look at kidney disease and say, behold, it is good? Can you look at cancer, AIDS, and say, behold, it is very good? No, no. Jesus was anointed by the Spirit and with power. He went about doing good, the Bible said, and healing. All who were oppressed by the devil. The sickness, excuse me, the Bible calls sickness satanic oppression. And it calls healing good. And you got half the church calling sickness a blessing in disguise. It's a, it's a perversion of scripture. It's a distortion. Torment is not of God. It's not a part of his original plan. It's not a part of his original creation. If you look in the beginning of the book in the Bible, there is no pain. There is no sickness. There are no defects. There are no deformities. Nothing that harms or steals or kills or destroys perfection. How many believe Adam was perfect and Eve was perfect? They were perfect until the fall. You fast forward to the end of the book. <laughs> Is that right? After the devil has been removed from the contact of human beings and after God has restored everything and made everything new, no pain, no sorrow, no curse, no crying, no dying. That's the will of God. I said, that's the will of God. In the front, and in the back, that's the perfect will of God. All this stuff in the middle, no. That's man's failure and the enemy's work. That's sin and death. And you and I are living in the middle of it. And our bodies are affected by it. And all of us, you, you're born, you, you reach your peak, and then you go past it. <laughs> and you might say, no, I'm not... I wish that you could stay, but you're, you're going to get older. And, you know, if you keep getting older and keep getting, people talk about living to 120, and, and that's available. But you're not going to be like you were when you're 18. You're going to get older. The outer man is decaying. It's not a nice thought. But the inward man is being renewed day by day. And one of these days, our bodies are going to be changed like to his glorious body, and they'll no longer be subject to any decay or death. But how, uh, until then, how we get from here to there, we're given healing. Healing is not the full glorified body, but it is a taste. It is a, it's an earnest. It's a first fruits of our full spiritual inheritance to help us be sustained until we get the rest of it. If the spirit of him that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, he'll do what? He will quicken 
your mortal. Now see, later on, your body's not going to be mortal. It'll be immortal. That's right now. He'll quicken your mortal body by His Spirit. We get a taste of our full inheritance. It is the present day quickening of this mortal body in healing and strengthening and restoration, enabling us to live the life we should live down here, run our race, finish our course with full ability. Can you say amen? Amen. It's God's will that you have peace and soundness and wholeness. These are scripture words. Not that you be vexed and tormented. Those are words that describe hell. Let me read to you from the scripture, remind you about that. In Luke, um, well, in Matthew 4.24, I'll read that first and then we'll, we'll read Luke. We read that earlier uh, yesterday, I guess, about all sick people that were taken with divers diseases and torments. And Jesus healed them. It describes the torment of physical an emotional disease. Everybody say torments. And in Luke 16, Jesus described the rich man and Lazarus and how both of them died and what happened to them after death. So there's existence after death. Jesus described it in detail. And he said that the, the rich man lifted up his eyes and was in torments. Everybody say torments. In verse 24, he said, I'm tormented in this flame. And he actually, he, he had said, you know, send somebody to my family and warn them about this place, lest they come to this place of torment. Well, then torment in this life is a taste of hell. It's a taste of hell on earth. You hear that phrase, people say, you know, it's hell. It's a, well, Nobody in this life have experienced full-on hell. It's worse than that. Far. But it's a, a torment is literally a taste of hell. So is fear. Fear is a big part of the environment of hell. Fear. Vexation. Well, what is fear? Fear is torment. The, first John talks about that. Fear has torment. So, just the one phrase I'm talking about, this man's servant is grievously vexed and tormented. If you just knew that, you know it can't be God's will for this to be. Cannot be. You take this over to the material side. There are, there are mothers vexed and crying today in parts of the world because they don't have any food to feed their kids. There are people vexed and tormented because they don't have a decent place to sleep the night or uh, clean water or these kind of things. Is that the will of God? It was God's will for them to be born into this devastating poverty? No way. It's God's will for them to not have the bare minimum to even live on? No way. No way. We shouldn't. And why am I saying this? Because you've got people saying, well, we don't know why, but 
why God chooses for some people to be poor and some people. It's not his choice. Men have chosen wrongly. Sometimes their parents and their parents and their parents before them decided to reject God. And now for generations they've gone off the deep end into sin and darkness and there's devastation and there's pain and and people are experiencing some hell on earth. It's not God's will. Somebody say it's not God's will. God's will is peace. Do you believe it? Jesus said, peace I leave with you. Peace I give to you. Not like the world gives, give I unto you. Somebody say, peace, peace, peace. peace. And really there's healing in peace. Jesus would tell people like the woman with the issue of blood, go in peace and behold of your plague. There's restoration in peace. Joy is his will. Peace is his will fullness of provision, abundance. He's the God who will run your cup over. Isn't he? Isn't he? He'll run your cup over. That's him. That's his will. Don't let the devil convince you, even through religious people, that it might be God's will for you to be in torment. Never could that be the will of God. Somebody say never. 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 Can any degree of torment be the will of God in your life? So, you know, that'll help you in your thought life. If you're thinking on something that's vexing you and tormenting you, stop it. (laughs) Do you hear me? Why? You know it's not good. Look at what it's doing to you. And and the enemy will tell you, you can't help it. Well, you can't help but think about it. You can. It's your mind. You can change the channel. You can focus a different direction. You can get something else in your mouth. You can get something else in your ear. No. If it's vexing you, if it's, (coughs) excuse me, tormenting you, it's not God. Somebody say it's not God. God. If it's vexing you, if it's tormenting you, it's not God. And so he came and he told him that. He said, my servant is sick and he's grievously tormented. And Jesus didn't have to think about it. Jesus didn't have to pray about it. Hmm? He didn't say, come back and check with me later and we'll see. No, he said, I'll come. I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak The word only and my servant shall be healed. There's a word of God for your every situation. There's a word that will absolutely deliver you. A word that will lift you out of confusion and darkness. There's a word. There's a word that will heal you inside and out. There's a word that'll get your bills paid. There's a word that'll get your marriage fixed if you'll act on it. There's a word. Somebody say, there's a word. There's a a word. Not just any word. Not just the words of men. The word of God. Hallelujah. The, The same word that created the heavens and the earth. That word 
recreated your spirit. Gave you the new birth when you acted on it. There's a word. And so anytime you're in a situation that's not right, there is some vexation. There is some torment. There is some problem. What should you immediately begin to look for? That word. Right? I need to hear from God is what you should think. Right? There is a solution to this. There's a fix for this. I don't care how catastrophic it is. There's a fix for it. And it comes from God. And the way he does everything is with his word. And the way your situation is fixed is with that word. So you say, Lord, show me. Speak to your servant. What, and like Mary said, then once you get it, be it unto me according to your word. You, you receive it right into yourself. And in her case, the word that the angel spoke to her, that God spoke to her through the angel, literally became flesh, materialized. It was a word, and then it was flesh. Well, the word is still materializing today in the lives of those who genuinely respect it and believe it. He said, just speak a word, speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. Now, there's no ambiguity here. Is there? T tell me what the centurion said. Speak the word only. In other words, that's all I need. And what? My servant will be healed. Well, yeah, but what if it's not God's will? Apparently, he's not even considering that, right? Well, the Lord just got through telling him, I'll come and heal him, right? So why would you be questioning the will of God? He just got through telling you, I'll come heal him. So he is so settled in what will happen if and when Jesus speaks this word. And so that's when Jesus, verse 10, he, he marveled. He said, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Characteristic of great faith is that it esteems and respects the word of God above everything. He said, speak the word, that's all I need. Speak the word only. That's, that's all I need. That's all my servant needs. That's all the situation needs. Is a word from you. That's it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This, this esteem, this respect for the word. Hallelujah. And then this absolute confidence of what that word would do. What did he say? You speak the word and what? My servant shall be healed. He'll be healed. He'll be healed. He will be healed. Hallelujah. When you speak the word, he will be healed. That's when Jesus said, whoo, boys, why, why look at this? Boys, this is what I'm talking about. I hadn't seen faith like this anywhere in the country. But I'm reaching out and believing that God's going to find faith like this in faith school. Today in you. In, what do you think? What do you think? Say it out loud. I live by faith. Let's say it together. I walk by faith. I overcome this world by faith. I'm strong in faith, giving glory to God. I'm strong in faith. Don't say you're weak in faith. Say you're strong in faith. 
I'm strong in faith, giving glory to God. We'll see you next time here in Faith School. I've got the victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.